Hey everyone, welcome to another exciting episode of the Bulletproof Entrepreneur Podcast. My guest today is Daryl Darnell. Daryl is the founder of Pro Podcast Solutions. He started podcasting in 2008, and after five years or so in 2013, he realized that he needed to leave his corporate job to do something that he loved. And so he took the plunge and became an entrepreneur and created Pro Podcast Solutions. Pro Podcast Solutions helps brands, entrepreneurs, professionals, hobbyists deliver their message to the world so that they can change lives and realize their dreams. In order to do the awesome work he does with um, his client. He has a team of professional podcast producers, voiceover experts, editors, uh, custom work artists, um, show notes writers, and just a lot of awesome people who work with him to create the magic for podcasters like myself. So I'm pleased to have Daryl on the show today to tell us a little bit more about himself, his entrepreneurial journey, his background, and of course, all about pro podcast solutions. So with that said, Daryl, welcome to the show. Thank you, Chi. It's a pleasure to be here. Awesome. So Daryl, tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you get started in this podcasting uh, journey? Yeah, I I got started in podcasting. As you mentioned, I started my first podcast in 2008. I discovered podcasting back in 2006. So in 2004, uh, there was a TV show called Lost that premiered on ABC. And my wife and I weren't really that big of TV watchers. I mean, we, we had the TV on most evenings like most people do, but we didn't, you know, we didn't have our favorite TV show or anything like that until we saw the commercials for lost. And we were like, Hmm, that looks really good. Let's watch that. And so we did, we tuned into the pilot and we fell in love with the show. I started going online to forums and chat rooms and things like that, trying to find anyone and everyone I could to talk about this show and sometime in season two or so, so it might have been 2005, somebody in one of those forums mentioned podcasts. And I thought, oh, okay. They said there were some podcasts about the TV show. So I checked those out, and I found several that I liked. Um, the Like the transmission with Ryan and Jen Ozawa, and uh, Jay and Jack had a, a podcast. Eventually, the executive producers of the show started their own podcast called the Official Lost Podcast. But the one I loved the most was by a guy named Cliff Ravenscraft and his mm. wife, Stephanie. Mm. And I started listening to their show every week. And they would do these live podcasts after the episode had aired on, on TV. And they had a live community. And I would, I would send in my thoughts on the show and they would play it. And that really just got me in love with podcasting and the community that forms around podcasting. And that TV show introduced me to a guy named J.J. Abrams. And mm. so now everyone knows who J.J. is. But at the time, unless you were a fan of Alias or maybe Felicity, yes. you didn't know who he was. Yeah. So when he started, when J.J. started his next project after Lost, it was a show called Fringe. And a friend of mine at work suggested we start a podcast about Fringe, and I thought it was a great idea. And so we did. There were three of us there at work. We all started this podcast called The Fringe Podcast. That was in 2008. And that's where my podcasting journey began. Mm. But in that time, you were working in a corporate job, and you worked in that corporate job for 18 years up until 2013 when you left. So when you started that podcast, Tell us the transition of, you know, how you felt building that 
first podcast and then why five years later you decided you needed to leave your corporate job to go into podcasting full time? Yeah, that's a good question. It's it's an interesting twist. I mean, I, when I started the podcast, I didn't know if anybody would listen. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how big it would get. And I certainly had no dreams of quitting my job and doing podcasting in some form or another full time. That was never, that never even entered my mind. Yeah. We, but we, we had a great audience. The podcast really took off. Now we never hit levels that lost podcasts hit because fringe was never that popular. So we were the most popular fringe podcast and we got to talk to a lot of the actors and the producers and people who were associated with the show. And so that gained us a lot of clout. Really? But yeah, so yeah, it took an expected, it took an unexpected twist along the way. And and we got to talk with guys like Leonard Nimoy and JJ Abrams and some of the other folks. And it was really, it was really cool to, to be able to do that. Um, but the so the corporate job was just the corporate job and the podcast was the podcast and although i spent time on the podcast you know while i was at work which i shouldn't have been but it was it was clearly becoming my passion mm-hmm. and that was that was the first clue that there there was more to it you know possibly down the road but at the same time you know i started with that company when i was 18 years old fresh out of high school as a part-time cashier wow. and by the time we started podcasting in 2008, I had risen up the ladder to the point where I was the director of e-commerce, uh, the entire e-commerce division. And so it was a it was a really nice journey for me. I enjoyed working with the company for the most part. It was a great company who had a lot of shared beliefs that I do and ideals and purposes, and it was it was all great. Um, but then some things changed with with some of the personnel that were going on. There was some, there was some, uh, you know, I don't want to speak poorly, but there was one person in particular who was saying some things that were untrue about me and in, mm-hmm. in my department, and I just couldn't, for whatever reason, I couldn't get the CEO to see the truth, even though I felt like I presented evidence that that disproved his lies. Something changed, and I, to this day, I don't know quite what happened. What was said behind closed doors, perhaps I don't know, but it was clear that that something changed, and and this relationship that I'd had with the CEO was was different. Uh-huh. And at the around the same time, a few months later, the president of the company left, and he was my direct boss. Um, and he and I kind of had a lockstep vision for the e-commerce division. And when he left again, it was a big, it was a big shift in just everything that the future of, of e-commerce and the way that our company felt about it and the ideas that we had were not shared. I, I had a different vision and, and plan than the rest of the company. So it became clear at that point that my future with the company was short, you know, I wasn't going to be there. I I felt like there was a point where they would probably let me go or move me somewhere else in the company. Um, and because things were just kind of pointing in that direction. So I decided to take a proactive approach and began looking to, to find an exit strategy. I had never, I didn't grow up wanting to be an entrepreneur or own my own business or anything. That was never on my, my, my vision that was never the case but but during those last three to five years at the company probably closer to three years that did become a a very um direct interest of mine i, I became focused on trying to figure out 
what my exit strategy would be and how can I parlay my, my gifts and passions into uh, a career. And at first I thought that might be, um, building uh, websites for people. Cause you know, I had, I had a direct involvement with, with building our e-commerce website, not the, not the coding of it, although I, I have a degree in programming, but, uh-huh. uh, but I felt like I could, I could parlay that passion and knowledge into a, a career. Um, but then when I hit on doing audio editing and consulting for podcasters, that's really when, uh, I hit something that, that turned out to be pretty special for, for me, it really hit on my passions and turned out to be a pretty good business model too. So people started reaching out to you as a result of the podcast you had, or you had to market yourself for people to come to you? It was a little bit of both okay. over the, yeah, over the years when we were doing the fringe podcast, people would come to me and say, Hey, I want to start a podcast. Can you help me? Or I've got this question about these microphones or this technical question. Can you advise me on this? Uh, and, and frankly, when we started our fringe podcast, we sounded terrible Mm. and we, (laughs) we figured it out along the way on how to sound great. And so people recognized that and they, they, the technical stuff was always an interest of mine. So yeah, over the years, people would come to me with some regularity and ask me for tips or advice. But at the same time, I can remember uh, a session where I was I was really just I, I didn't I was at my wits' end. I, I knew that I was not long for this company. At the same time, like my passion was completely gone out of my job. Uh, I. Uh, I didn't know what I was going to do. And at the same time, it was a great company. Yeah, there was a couple of bad apples there, but you know, any company's got bad apples. I don't yes. care. You know, so I felt guilty for desiring something different when people would love to have my job, love to have my salary, love to work for a company like that. And I felt selfish and I felt guilty. And I remember, um, in, in a season of prayer that, that really the Lord said to me, you know, you, you have not because you ask not. In other words, uh, I, I don't have this, this future job and these, these, these things that I want to go out and do because I simply haven't taken the time to, to pray and ask for those things. And I hadn't prayed and asked for those things because I felt guilty about that because I had, like I said, I had this job that was great. So, so I did, I, I through a course of prayer, uh, just laid out my heart before God and asked to have that he would do, he would help me find a job that I could put my passions behind and provide for my family. And less than 24 hours later, I got an email from Cliff Ravenscraft that said, Hey, I've got this friend named Stuart who's starting this podcast network and he's looking for hosts. And I think you'd be a good podcast host. And after I talked to Stuart, it turned out he was also being an audio editor. And I, you know, asked him if I could, uh, you know, basically apply or put my resume in for that position. And I got it. And six months later, I turned in my resignation. Oh, awesome. Awesome. So you do that and then you start working on this podcast network. Now, was that where you founded your company or how did the pro podcast solutions come to be? Initially, when I, when I left my corporate job, I was doing everything under the the name of my my podcast network. So what started as the Fringe podcast, a mm-hmm. podcast about this sci-fi show Fringe, eventually 
developed into a podcast network called Golden Spiral Media, yeah. where we we have dozens of podcasts now, all about sci-fi and comic, TV and, and film. Mm-hmm. And so, because that was a kind of a, a big brand at that point that, that people knew, I thought I would kind of use that brand to get my name out there as a podcast editor. And so that's what I did initially. Okay. But what it did was it caused confusion where people would come to me and say, uh, when I go to goldenspiralmedia.com, I see a bunch of sci-fi podcasts. Are, yeah. are you, you know, but you're saying you want to edit my podcast. Is that what I see one page on your website that mentions you do editing, but you know, is this a, is this a side job for you? Cause I need somebody that's serious. And so <laughs> At that point, I'm like, okay, I need to be clearer about my branding. Yeah. And so I, I broke them apart. Now Golden Spiral Media is only our, our sci-fi podcast network. And I created Pro Podcast Solutions as a separate brand mm. uh, that is our our audio production and, and consulting and all that stuff for podcasters. And so we launched that brand in October of 2014. Yeah, because I'm right on the uh, Golden Spiral website and I see so many podcasts based on, you know, fiction, especially TV shows that are hot. I see The Blacklist Exposed. I see The Arrow Squad, Beyond Westworld. So my question is this now. Why are you guys focused on more of the um, fan fiction-centered storytelling? Well, that's kind of... that's That's how we started, you know, as, as I said, I, I started, I learned about podcasts because of lost. Mm -hmm. And the first podcast I started was about a sci-fi show called fringe. And we really found a a wonderful community of sci-fi lovers out there who were always asking us, Hey, here's this new show. It's, it's, it's sci-fi. Are you guys going to be covering it? Mm. And initially it was just two of us, Clint and myself. And, we we couldn't you know we we have limited time and limited resources and so we couldn't and then w- once um actually once that other i, I told you I, I was hosting for that other tv network there for a while mm-hmm. and that was called tv talk and once they went out of business a lot of those hosts with his Stuart owned tv talk and with his blessing they came to us and said we want to keep doing this yeah uh, can we can we join the Golden Spiral Media Network? And so a lot of those shows you just mentioned, Arrow and Blacklist. Those two shows came to our network as a direct result of TV talk. But but yeah, that's how that all came to be. Is it's just because we have such a, a loyal, loving, passionate fan base of sci-fi geeks out there that we you know I'm a sci-fi geek myself. So <laughs> yeah, it was just a natural extension of what started with the Fringe podcast, and okay. then where can we take it from there? Okay, because um, I, I just I just scroll down now and I see the Person of Interest podcast, and that that is probably my all-time favorite show. So I know I used to listen to that podcast quite a bit, and I didn't know you guys were the producers of that. But I love the Person of Interest, and I always wanted to like figure out you know what's going to happen next. Listen to people talk about it, talk with my friends about it, and it's just like. You know, when it comes to sci-fi and fiction, you know, people are very much bonded to the experience of the story, especially in terms of um, some hot TV shows. Like I said, Person of Interest is my best one. So even with Person of Interest, I could sit down and watch it almost 
every season <laughs> and still enjoy it, you know, as I did last year, just because, you know, it's an awesome story. And I think that's what you're saying the, um, the fans of your shows find also because they get the community and they also get the enjoyment. And it's, um, what I call it, evergreen or long-lasting because these things are not something that dies, dies away. You know, you actually come back and you say, hey, you know what, could there be a spin-off of this? Could we go into this tangent? You know, there, there are so many discussions that could arise from each, each show's um, topic. That's what I love about sci-fi. It, it, it allows conversations, even around uncomfortable topics like yeah. religion or, uh, or social issues. You know, yeah. The Twilight Zone was one of my favorite shows. It is my favorite show of all time. And it's, you know, even from the 1960s, it was using sci-fi as a way to have conversations about political issues or about religious issues and some of those things that are hard to talk about otherwise. And that's one of the things I love about sci-fi. And, and you're right, because of the nature of a TV show, I mean, our podcast does, it gets canceled when the TV show gets canceled. But because of today's world of, of things ending up on Netflix, we find listeners, we still get tons of downloads for our fringe mm-hmm. podcast from people who discovered it on DVD or they discovered it on Hulu or Netflix along the way. I was at a, I was at podcast movement just last year and somebody came up to me and they're like, Hey, are you Daryl? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, Daryl from the fringe podcast. And, and I was shocked. I was shocked <laughs> that that many years later, somebody was stopping me and asking me about the fringe podcast, which I love. I absolutely love that people are still out there listening to it. Yeah. So that brings us to, or should I say, that brings us to the broader conversation of podcasts, which is, you know, podcasting is a hot marketing channel right now, and it's it's only continuing to grow. So, uh, in your opinion, why should someone start a podcast today? Yeah, that's a good question. A lot of people are looking at podcasts and have been for some time. You mentioned back when I started, you know, podcasting wasn't as as big as it is now. And I certainly didn't know at that time that it would turn into something as, as big as it is. But it's, it's still never been a better time to start a podcast. I mean, yeah, it's bigger than it's ever been. The, the podcasting world is bigger than it's ever been. And some people may say, well, I can't start a podcast because there's already this podcast mm-hmm. it's talking about. You know, I mean, I mentioned at the beginning, there were four lost podcasts that I enjoyed. And just because there's another podcast out there on the same topic is no reason for you not to start your own because people are passionate about those topics and your point of view and perspective and life experience is unique to you and gives you a unique uh, vantage point to share your message and impact people's lives. People will you know, uh, relate to you in a different way than they do someone else because you're different and they're different. And so those connections that we share with people are all unique. So I would say if you're one of those that's kind of thinking, well, everything's been done, even if your idea has been done, so what? Don't let that stop you. Uh, don't, you know, you're that person who's already out there doing it. Isn't the sole authority on, on whatever topic it is. Um, but, uh, you know, and I would also advise if, if, that a podcast is not the, the first thing that you should do. In other words, you shouldn't say, I'm going to start a business and, or I'm going to be a consultant or I'm going to be an entrepreneur. Let me start that by starting a podcast. Mm-hmm. I mean, a podcast should be an addition to something that you're already doing. You should establish yeah. your website first. You should establish your, your services first. You should even get get started in other, you know, so, social media for sure, but even get your 
whatever your, your funnels are, get those in place and then add a podcast as a piece to that, as a way to introduce people into the authority that you have going for you on in the online space. But, um, yeah, there's, there's still no better time to start a podcast than today. And I love what you just said right now that you shouldn't start a podcast to build a business, but rather use it as a piece of your business just because in as much, like we all know how it goes, you know, whenever something becomes hot, next thing you know, you see a lot of people jump on the bandwagon and all of a sudden you have, oh, I'm a Bitcoin expert, I'm a podcasting expert, I'm a, I'm a whatever expert, not, not fully considering the fact that, you know what, it's just, it's a tool. You can't say you drive a car and you're a driving expert, you know. Right. It's, <laughs> there are people who are paid just to drive and you find them on Formula One. But you driving just, it's helping to ferry you from point A to B. So you really need to think of your business holistically and say, yes, I'm a marketing guy who happens to podcast. Now, if you just love podcasting as a hobby, that's great. But if you're going to live an economic life, if you're going to make money for yourself, for your family, and you're going to want to share your expertise and wisdom with people, yes, blogging is quite crowded. You know, social media is crowded. A lot of people get... I, I am frustrated with trying to get figure out Facebook and Twitter, Instagram, and what have you. But I found that I enjoy one-on-one conversations like this where I talk to you, the expert, we share our opinions back and forth, listeners listening, they send emails, and it's, it's, it's much more comfortable for me to use this and say, hey, you know what? I bring experts on my show. I'm an expert in this as well. And if I have an opinion, I'm happy to share it with Daryl. And Daryl can correct me if I'm wrong, and we have a much richer experience, and we both learn from the engagement, and we go from there. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, that's one of the things that I found most endearing about podcasting to begin with, even though I was calling in about a TV show, and Mm -hmm. you know, a TV show is, at the end of the day, it's a TV show. I mean, yes, people's lives are changed. I could share a beautiful story about how someone's life was changed by Fringe for the better, but, you know, people say, oh, it's a TV show. It's not business. That's true. But at the same time, what drew me to those lost podcasts, and particularly Cliff and Stephanie Ravenscrafts, was those interactions with people. Mm-hmm. And you get that through podcasting that you don't get through blogging or you don't even get through social media because of the, the voice, the human voice and the connection that comes through that. There's nothing like podcasting. It's, it's really powerful for connecting with people. Yeah. So what are some tips and tricks to create a really hot uh, podcast? Like if somebody wants to launch a podcast after listening to our conversation today and they say, hey, you know what? I've always heard, you know, if you launch a podcast and you get a new and noteworthy that you're, you're golden and you're on track to be making uh, millions of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> so what are some awesome tricks you can share for somebody listening? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I would I would say that if someone is currently telling you uh, tips and tricks to get on new and wor- new and noteworthy, then you should you should not listen to their advice any further than that. Uh, <laughs> years ago, yes, there there were tips and tricks to getting on new and noteworthy. Uh, in fact, I've got a video. Your your listeners can check it out by going to propodcastsolutions.com/bulletproof. And I've got a video that's called Five Pitfalls Early Podcasters Should Avoid. Mm-hmm. One of those pitfalls is focusing on new and noteworthy mm. because so many people were gaming the system 
either purchasing reviews or doing some other kind of shady tactics in order to land into a noteworthy that iTunes a few years ago, maybe three years ago now, said, you know what, forget it. We're freezing new and noteworthy. Uh, whoever's here is here, or we're going to occasionally handpick a few to put in the new and noteworthy. Yeah. If you go and you check out new and noteworthy and say the business category, and you look at those top 10 that are there, you'll notice that many of them have been out for several years, so yeah. they're not new, yeah. or they haven't released a new episode in months. True. And so, you know, <laughs> and that's because iTunes just froze it and said, forget about it, you know? And so, um, yeah, so that, but, in terms of uh, you know other things that that you should really avoid you know since we're kind of talking about that um, a lot of a lot of podcasters may start their podcast and and just not know where they're going with it like they just say, oh I'm going to do a podcast mm-hmm. but they don't think about you know what what how they're going to get the word out about their podcast yes. are they going to be uh, using an email list are they building an email list that's so important to to especially for business related podcasts get that email list started first. Um, what are your calls to action going to be? You know, are you, are you just going to be talking to the audience or are you going to be, um, trying to, to give them information that they'll want to take action on and what will that information be? And mm-hmm. then, you know, how are you going to be prepared to, to do it weeks in advance? Or are you going to be doing it last minute? Life happens if you do it last minute. So how are you going to prepare so that you're working weeks ahead and yeah. a lot of, a lot of things like that. So a lot of thoughts should go into a podcast. It's not hard. But it can be complicated if it's not your strengths. And so just taking the time to really think about your plan before you hit that. You know, t- too many podcasters want to go ready, fire, aim, and, mm-hmm. and that's always a mistake. Uh, and another thing I've noticed in podcasting is that it, it really is difficult up until you get to your first 30 episodes or so. And then maybe by the time you get up to like 100, you know, you're you're just in such a groove that, you know, it's not as difficult anymore. Do you find that to be the case in your experience? Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Those, those numbers you mentioned 30 and a hundred, those are, those are huge milestones. We had, we had a, a client just hit a hundred uh, a month or so ago and that was a huge milestone for them. Um, but it's also initially like some podcasters, they don't realize the amount of work and detail that go into it, particularly, you know, for a brand new podcaster, you, it's like anything else. It's like riding a bike. Mm -hmm. You know, once you get it and get those, those patterns down and it it can become, you know, just kind of memory reflect, you know, just memory, muscle memory, that type of thing. Um, so we see a lot of podcasters, if they, they don't get that seven, episode mark or the 10 episode mark. Those are, those are big milestones mm-hmm. for new podcasters. Cause that it can be difficult to even get to those points, uh, just because it's hard to realize how much work goes into it until you do it. And then yeah. some people get into it and they're like, Oh my gosh, uh, this is more than what I thought. I'm not going to do this. And so they don't even make it past seven or 10 episodes, but, but yeah, definitely once you get to 30, you're into a really nice groove. If you get to a hundred episodes, you know, that's, that's really an accomplishment. That's quite an accomplishment. And of course, being that you guys specialize in um, production, and I see here on your website on Pro Podcast Solutions that you work with, uh, uh, let me make sure I'm saying this properly, uh, Amy Porterfield, Online Marketing Made Easy. 
right? That's right. Yeah. yeah, she's she's one of our clients we've been working with for a few years now, and um, she's been great to work with. And, and one of probably, if not our biggest referral, she's one of our biggest referrals. She seems to be really happy with what we're doing. Yeah. So producing a show like like Amy's, you know, I listen to it every now and then. I mean, the quality is crisp. You can hear her voice clearly. I think she, the most recent one I had listened to was the one she did with her husband for the first time. And it's just a solid, you know, episode. Could you tell us a little bit more about what goes into producing a quality podcast and why you think um, people should look to produce their podcast professionally as opposed to going on Fiverr to go find uh, somebody for five bucks somewhere around the world to to do their production. <laughs> yeah, and I'll I'll just say I don't want to take too much credit from Amy. What mm-hmm. what Amy has established and the quality of her brand has nothing to do with us. Yeah. I, I I don't take a single bit of credit for that. Mm. Even her audio quality, you know, she fairly recently in the last year, year and a half, set up a new studio. We didn't even have anything to do with that, even though we were working with her at that time. She's got another team that she works with for that. Mm. And so I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to take credit from, from her team over there. What we do is we get those raw audio files from her. We do all the post-production and then, and then send those back to her. However, having said that we do advise clients all the time Mm -hmm. on, making equipment and other technical uh, purchases, purchases yeah. and, and, and getting things set up. We, we do that all the time. It was just with her, she already had those things figured out when she came to us. Okay. But, um, but yeah, that stuff is really important, you know, for, for me and I'm a, and I'm an audio snob, you know, I really <laughs> feel like, uh, folks should at least take, uh, the time to to get the right equipment to sound as good as they can. And, you know, when I started podcasting 10 years ago, that was completely different than what it is now. I mean, now you can go get an ATR 2100 microphone that Audio-Technica makes. It's like $80. And then you need a mic stand to go with it. You can get one of those for like $15. And it plugs right into your, your computer and you sound crisp for under $100. Mm-hmm. You know, and when I started, those things didn't exist. You had to get mixers and microphones and mm-hmm. cables and all those sorts of things. And it was hundreds of dollars. Now, a lot of people still do those. They, they do spend hundreds of dollars and, and that's fine. It certainly has its place. I mean, the microphone I'm using today is a $300 microphone. So you, you can still spend the money and, and a lot of times it's still worth it. But you don't have to spend a lot of money to sound really, really good. And I think that if you're going to put yourself out there as an authority and try to share a message where people can hear it and take action on it clearly, then I, you know, I think equipment's a great place to start, but still the content is the main thing. If you, if you sound good, but you're not providing any type of deliverable content or, Uh or worthwhile content, then, you know, what, why bother? So those two are the, the two biggest things, content and audio quality, and they're almost hand in glove, but content still is the bigger thing. Mm, awesome, awesome. And as we start to wind on the show, Daryl, uh, I have one or two wrapping up questions for you. So looking on your career overall, do you think there's uh, anything you could have done differently if you could go back in time to change something? Oh, sure. I mean, regarding what we're, what we're talking about today with, mm-hmm. my, with my podcast production company, 
there was, if if I had come out of the gate with the brand pro podcast solutions, it would have been better to, to have been clear on my, on my branding was one of the biggest mistakes I made. Mm. I made that decision after, after consulting with a lot of people, I, I consulted with a lot of people. Should I, should I separate this brand or keep it at, under golden spiral media? Uh, I even sat down with a marketing executive from one of the biggest companies here in Oklahoma city where I live. And she advised me to, uh, to keep it as golden spiral media, but it was about 50, 50. Mm. And, and so I, I stayed at, stayed with golden spiral media and, there was a point where we didn't land any new clients for a six month stretch. And it was, it was painful. We were living out of our savings account and we were down literally to less than a month of, of money in the bank. We didn't know where we were going to pay the bills the next month. We were, we had income coming in, but it wasn't enough to cover our bills each month. And so we kept drawing out of our savings account and we made that switch to pro podcast solutions. And within 30 days I had landed two new clients after, after having gone six months with no new clients under the golden spiral media brand. So, and branding is not just your colors and your logo. Yeah. I mean, we're, t- we're talking about your messaging, the, the, the copy on your, on your website. Those are your brand, mm-hmm. you know? And so those are so important and I wish I had gotten that right sooner. I would have saved myself a whole lot of money and a whole lot of grief and heartache if I had if I had been more purposeful in my branding from the very beginning. Awesome. And um, of course, having talked to you earlier during the course of this recording, I've I've learned that you're a man of faith. You know, you believe in the power of prayer, like I do too. So. Um, this goes towards um, some of the challenges you face. So how has your faith played a role in helping you overcome some of the challenges you faced in, in life and in business? Sure. Well, I mentioned two of those during the course of our discussion today. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, and that is that one I just mentioned where we were living out of our savings account. Yeah. That, that season of going through six months with no new clients, it just praying and trusting in God. I mean, it, it's no coincidence to me that when we were at the end of our rope, didn't know when or how, or rather how we were going to pay bills for the next month, he gave us new clients. Yeah. That's not a coincidence. That was an exercise in faith. And what, what that told me was, it was a clear message from God saying, I've got this. Yeah. Your bank account is not what matters. I'm what matters. And as long as you trust in me, I got this. And, and the other moment was what I shared earlier when I was, when I finally prayed, broke down and prayed, you know, when God said you have not because you ask not. Uh And when I finally broke down and prayed about that, you know, 24 hours later was an answer to that prayer. Prayer. And God certainly does not answer prayer in 24 hours like that all the time. In fact, I would say that is a, (laughs) that is an exception. That's a rarity. You know, but it was another moment in my life. When I look back in my life, there, there are a few moments, that, and those are two of them, where I feel like God clearly was speaking to me and teaching me powerful life lessons. And again, just proving to me that he's got this. As long as I trust in him and try not to go out there and do things on my own, if I will seek him and seek his wisdom, then 
uh, he's going to honor that. He's got this. And so those are, those are really two big moments in my life where, where God proved himself and his faithfulness. Awesome. Awesome. And with that said, Daryl, we've reached the end of the show. It's really been a pleasure and a blast talking to you for the past half hour or so. But before I let you go, tell us a little bit more about where people can find you, reach out to you, learn more about what you're doing, or just even contact you and say, hey, Daryl, I love what you were talking about on the show, and uh, I want to ask you a couple of questions. Yeah, you bet. Well, if you're a sci-fi nerd looking for sci-fi and comic podcasts, then goldenspiralmedia.com will get you hooked up. If you are interested in learning more about podcasts or if you have an existing podcast and looking for some help with, with that, either improving your audio quality or even getting help with the editing, writing show notes or anything like that, we'd love to help you. Propodcastsolutions.com. And like I said earlier, we've got some, some Great videos and stuff just for your listeners over at propodcastsolutions.com slash bulletproof. And so go check that out. There's some free stuff there. We're not going to ask for an email address or anything like that. So go check that out. Awesome. And I'll put a link to all that in the show notes when this episode is ready to go live. So, Daryl, thanks a lot for coming to share your story and your words of wisdom. I really appreciate you taking the time to come here and just teach us a little bit more about how to be better podcasters. It's been my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me.